This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time now for Sensing Bros, a program about whānau, well-being and personal growth. This program is about natural buzz. There's a group of us brothers who are living alcohol and drug free and we want to share our stories and celebrate the things that are going right in the world. There's a lot of negativity, we're about positivity. We come from diverse cultural backgrounds, Samoan, Tongan, Māori, and we just want to share the love. Hello, lava, whānau. My name's Phil Siatanga and welcome to another episode of Sensing Bros. I'm not going to talk for too long. Instead, I'm going to introduce you to a book by some very dear friends of mine that has recently hit the shelves, published by Penguin. And it's been anticipated through social media. I had the privilege of reading the final manuscript Excuse my voice, I'm a little bit croaky. Some of you may be aware or may of the movement She's Not Your Rehab. <clears throat> the book's titled She's Not Your Rehab by Matt and Sarah Brown. Matt's uh, become a, uh, a well-known figure in internationally uh, in the barbering space he he began his mahi in a tin shed in Aranui and She's Not Your Rehab tells his story and the stories of uh, the people that he's cared for and loved but it also unlike other biographies that I've read Matt and Sarah have included the learning lessons and the wisdom they've gained from from many, many experiences, including the, the heart-wrenching, uh, heart-wrenching story of violence and sexual abuse. You can have a look at She's Not Your Rehab on Facebook and Instagram. Internationally, that it's in social media impacting our lives overseas as well as in local Christchurch. And on Monday the 12th, a few hundred of us are gathered for an event, the launch the launch of the book it's available at Scorpios and I'm not sure if you can order it online, I think you can um, I'll check that one out I highly, highly uh, recommend it because uh, because there's so much um, hope and healing provided as 
the uh, experiences are told and, and unfold. Anyway, they brought a creative, uh, creative performance and presentation to the book launch, which I hope you'll find uh, interesting. So without further ado, I just want you to, at the moment as I set the stage, um, they built a catwalk and 21 men wearing the title of a particular chapter of the book, Walk the Catwalk. And so what follows is Matt um, reads portions of of the book as they do that um, so that is me for today um, much love and respect and hope you're hope you're living well be tender-hearted be tender-hearted we're gonna get this show on the way what well, already is but um this part of it dj drop the beat expect her to be our rehab all we have really done is transfer her to her a burden that is not hers to bear meaning she's struggling alone to carry not only her own burden but ours as well I see her so clearly a woman walking through life literally weighed down clinging onto other people's baggage unable to move much at all then by some miracle she manages to somehow take a few steps forward only to find more bags are being dumped on her by whoever she is with, causing her to eventually physically collapse. I know this woman well and picture her easily because she is the mother from my childhood. She is not your mother. Subconsciously, I equated our mother's survival of extreme abuse with her strength as a woman. I had seen firsthand what she had endured from our father, but somehow I processed it back to front. I had made it all about our mother's strength, her ability to endure. Only much later did I realize our focus should have been the wrongness of her even being put in that situation on the unconscionable behavior and violence of our father. She shouldn't have needed to be making the choices she was making for us kids as much as for herself. She is not your absent father. A season of shedding tears arrived with the birth of my son. 
If ever I was sent an invitation to heal, he was it. From the moment he was born, the weight of my emotions was overwhelming. Did I have what it took to father my own son well when I hadn't been properly fathered? This question continually resurfaced. And although I often doubted myself, I didn't let this disempower me. Instead, I let it motivate me. She is not your shame. How humiliation became shame in my life was when what was done to me became who I actually was. And with it came the belief that I was unworthy of love and belonging to anyone. Because of what I had experienced at the hands of significant people to me, I felt at the deepest place completely unworthy of connection and so became emotionally disconnected from all those around me. not your trauma. Dr. Gabba Mate says, trauma is not what happens to you. Trauma is what happens inside of you as a result of what happens to you. I want to add that healing is not what happens to you. Healing is what happens inside of you as a result of what love does to you. Yes, trauma can scar you and make you less flexible, more rigid, and feel like you always have to live on a defense. It never ever serves us well because it closes down our willingness and ability to feel. When we decide to, we can each choose a new path, one that requires us to open up and be vulnerable. It's not easy, but when you have the courage to work through the old story that for too long has held you bound, then healing happens. One day when you can move through the pain, through all the old patterns and decide that you will change the narrative to create a new story. This is when our childhood trauma no longer keeps us bound. She is not your savior. She cannot save you she cannot fix you, and she cannot rescue you from what is inevitably the outcome of the choices and decisions you have made or not made for your life. adequately done the work in ending a past relationship properly and haven't given yourself enough time and space to heal after a breakup, then boom, your current partner can now become your ex. And if your relationship lasts at all, with you projecting other people onto her, and chances are it won't, then it will potentially be filled with unnecessary conflict. 
is not auditioning for you. Somewhere deep within, I found a seed of courage. And a seed is all we need to plant a forest. What does love do? I ask myself. Love finds a way. Love liberates our fears. Love heals our hurts. Love sets us free to be the best version of ourselves. Love makes all things possible. So on the evening of the 13th of January 2014, I told Sarah that I loved her as more than just a friend. Oh. I told Sarah that I didn't just want to date her, but that I planned to marry her. Damn man. I wanted Oceana to be my daughter, not my stepdaughter, because I don't believe in that term, but my daughter. I told her I had weighed it all up, and here I was asking her to say yes to me, because I saw her, I knew her, and I loved her in a way I had never loved anyone before. I wanted my life, however that looked, and whatever it brought with them, both by my side. I remember Sarah looked at me with tear-filled eyes. Are you sure? She asked. Yes, I said, so sure. I had never been more sure about anything else in my entire life. From that one decision to choose love with her that January night came the entire life that I had dreamt of as a kid in the hood. An alternative to where home was a battleground and abuse was normal. Where there was no food but plenty of beatings. Where alcohol made every situation worse. And anyone had unlimited access to us children in our own home. I would often lie awake at night and dream with my little brother Paul about what our life would one day be like in this alternative world. I dreamt of love like a 90s R&B love song. I dreamt of lots of laughter and delicious meals like I had seen on TV shows where families sat around together and talked. I dreamt of holidays with my children and watching them grow up with my soulmate and my best friend. Saying yes to love when I was scared was like opening up the door to the life I really wanted but had never thought was actually possible for me. She is not your porn star. Can reality ever compete with a fantasy. She is not your prison. Sometimes, especially while writing this book, I've closed my eyes and pictured myself as little Matt. I can see my parents and my brothers and watch all the interactions happening. I watch and witness everything. I see the anger of the hostile environment. I see the pain and I feel the fear. This was my childhood prison. So I give myself permission to feel what was. Sometimes I cry or feel sad. Sometimes I have a sick stomach seeing everything, but it's here that I accept what is. This is my story. This is where I came from. This is where I first learned about life, where I first felt fear, where I learned the feeling of humiliation 
and learnt what shame physically does to your body. This is where I first learned to hide at any cost and to stay silent and shut down. This is where I cried under my bed alone. Here is where I first saw marriage and where I learned how abuse and love could coexist together for years and years. In acknowledging and accepting all that I see, I take this vision of little Matt. He's such a good little boy, but so scared. I tell him that I have come for him and that I witnessed the tears that no one else ever saw. I tell him that things are different now, that I'm making better choices for his well-being and life. I tell him he never has to go back there and that the home he lives in now can be the very home he's always dreamt of, where there's always nice food to eat, where it's safe and warm, with laughter and kindness. I tell him that in this home, he's always protected and loved and never humiliated. I tell him we have a whole new reality now. is not your lifeline. Suicide can never be reversed and the pain is only transferred to those left behind trying to make sense of what is now too late to change. In the men's groups I have facilitated, I'm always reminded how much we need each other. The American civil rights activist and poet Maya Angelou once said, I don't believe an accident of birth makes people sisters or brothers. It makes them siblings, gives them mutuality of parentage. Sisterhood and brotherhood is a condition people have to work at. Brotherhood is where we work to create lifelines between each other. In everything I do, this is the work of my life. your hired help. Our sons and our daughters deserve to grow up in a world where there are no stereotypical gender-based roles. This starts at home. punching bag. What emotion are you avoiding feeling so much that you would rather terrify your children and terrorize the woman you say you love than just face up and feel it? to control. 
She is not yours to control because she must belong to herself. She must belong to herself in her ways. And you must also belong to yourself as an independent, conscious entity who deserves your own sovereignty. Belonging to ourselves is when we are free to decide how we live. You are worthy of a woman who is free enough to choose you with her whole heart and co-design a life together with you. Learning to master our reactions so that they become responses is really what we need to control. Controlling our reactions comes down to deciding who is in charge. Is not your doormat. Sarah chooses me in the good times and also in the times when life is far from easy. I feel a sense of overwhelming gratitude that through all the seasons of our relationship and in the dark depths of my own inner work and healing, I've learned and truly understand that for it to be considered actual love, one must be free to choose. She's free to leave. So I'm honoured she stays. If love is a choice, then ask yourself honestly, is she really free to choose you? If you were given the choice, would you choose you? And finally, do you really choose yourself? your competition instead of competition I have learned to understand the huge value of collaboration and community I've learned that what is meant for me will come for me and what isn't best for me will pass me by in favor of someone who is just right for their opportunity there's enough opportunity for us all and all the closest relationships I have ever had including that with my wife I have found that collaboration sets me up the best to foster a deep and genuine connection. She is not your bank account. You treat money you didn't earn very differently from money you legitimately earn. Money you don't earn is easy come, easy go. And deep down inside, it makes you feel useless. Regardless of what anyone says, the person wearing the fast food uniform or the cleaner's uniform or the factory worker's uniform is miles ahead of the guy too cool to work. Personal pride in yourself starts when you take your existence seriously enough to actually work for your survival. not your quick fix. Sarah is not responsible for any part of my life more than I am. There is a famous saying saying, the buck stops with me. It refers to the notion that we have to make decisions and then accept the ultimate responsibility for those decisions and their consequences. 
taking ownership of your life decisions is probably the single most empowering thing you can do for yourself. You are now saying, this is my life and I choose in every aspect the way that I live it. Because genuine growth and healing means you actually have to get real with yourself about the role you play in your own suffering. is not your trophy. All the accolades, trophies, awards and praise in the world just don't compensate for the lack we can feel within us from not feeling adequate or worthy. The truth is that no other living, breathing soul is an extension of us. Not our wives, not our friends or family, and not even our children. By association, doesn't make you anything other than who you really are. If I hang around with doctors, that doesn't give me a medical degree. She is not your grief. I am not immune to grief. None of us are. Grief is part of this journey of humanity. My beloved mother left this world as I was finishing this book. After being diagnosed with terminal lung cancer only four months prior. So I write this book as a man who, on my birthday, went and knelt at her grave and sobbed loudly into the dirt that I miss her. Because I do, and I always will. This is okay. My tears are acceptable. My grief is understandable. Part of my grief is my sincere apology for all the times I fell short in being her son, wishing and longing that her life was better and that somehow I could have made it better, but knowing I didn't. Grief for me is not only the cost of loving her the way I did, but also the pain of the regret that our story and our trauma at times barricaded away the closeness I feel we deserved. She is not your excuse. So what do I say to a man whose life was not his responsibility and who constantly relinquished all accountability? I don't say much, but I do ask plenty. If not now, when, brother? If you don't want to take responsibility now for the life you live, when do you plan to? Do you realize that shifting blame from you to whoever becomes your newest scapegoat only ever renders you powerless in your own life? Do you really want to be powerless and be this eternal victim? Are you willing to forever make excuses for situations you could choose to take accountability for and therefore grow and better yourself in? Are you willing for your excuses to always outweigh your potential 
and stop any future opportunities that could come your way. Is this really the life you want? Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the 21 chapters of our book. Thank you to our models. Give it up again. We thought we would um, introduce our book tonight, uh, the 21 chapters, in a creative way. Um, so I hope you enjoyed. Kilda. lover to everyone who has supported this co-papa back when it was just me having conversations in a tin shed barbershop in A-Town, Aranui. There is absolutely nothing wrong with humble beginnings, Fano. My time with my day one clients, cutting alongside past and present MFB barbers, has been one of the greatest honours of my life and has set me up for the perfect foundations for this mahi. To every client who became a brother, it's our conversations I hold close. Thank you for trusting me with your hair, but most of all, thank you for trusting me with your hearts. Namahi nui to Kyla for giving Matt the opportunity to launch She Is Not Your Rehab on the TED Talk stage. It was here that our t-shirt billboards spread the message even further than we could have ever imagined possible. And it was here where we, were, where we were forced to trademark our slogan after it got ripped off on Amazon. But the perfectionist in me wishes that if they were going to rip us off, could they exactly copy our tees instead of the budget version that they sold everywhere? But anyway, thanks, y'all, for advertising our book for free. Um, we so appreciate the many thousands of people who have bought a legit T-shirt and rocked this message in all kinds of places. Airports, hospitals, gyms. Not that I've seen, but... Um, <laughs> that wasn't funny. Um, prisons and churches. We've loved reading the countless ways the slogan has sparked so much conversation and dialogue around our favourite topic, changing the narrative. Our goal has always been that domestic violence be talked about openly and in ways that generate actual discussion and real solutions. The hiding and the shame has had us going nowhere for too long. We also appreciate our entire community for getting behind our Dear Mr Rock campaign and taking this kaupapa global. We are positive that Dwayne The Rock Johnson shared it only because he was so tired of getting the 10,000 tags at The Rock. <laughs> this was a very special campaign for us that spoke to many people and heightened what we already knew, that communities all over the world needed a new way of engaging with the topic of domestic violence and family harm. We have many people to thank, so we're going to attempt to do that now. From Penguin, would like to acknowledge the whole team, but specifically our publisher, Rachel, for believing in us before this was a book. We felt understood by you and that our co-papa could be trusted in your hands. This was always more than a book to us, and I'm grateful to have you work alongside us the way you did, especially hearing me cry. Namahi uh, to our very first editor, Sonia. We loved you as soon as we met you. You're here tonight and we appreciate that. Thank you for spending January with us. And thank you to our dear friends, Kenyon and Charlotte, for moving out of your house for us for a few weeks to get this stage of the edit done with her. 
and also to my dad and my stepmother Karen for allowing me the space and the time to write the first draft of the manuscript at their whare up in Mahurangi. Um, Fafetei to the MSD, It's Not Okay campaign team who have supported us this work in our projects for the past few years. A special ngā mihi, whawhetei lover to auntie, our auntie Zephyr, um, who was one of the first to read through the whole book and give us her feedback. She did it the night before it was going to print too. She's a legend. <laughs> uh, and ngā mihi to Phil Siatanga from Mapimaya and Dr Elizabeth Mate from Leva for also doing an early stage read-through and blessing us with your clinical feedback. Truly, we are blessed to the many in this sector who have supported us in countless ways. Fafetei to Nikki from Aviva and Phil from Mapimaya for working alongside me and hosting our men's group therapy sessions um, at the barber shop. I'm proud to work alongside such Polynesian giants in this sector and I have appreciated all the indigenous wisdom you have each blessed me with during our time together. To the men behind the wire and in our group therapy sessions, I see you all and remind you that while we are breathing, redemption is always possible. Mm. Uh, and we'd like to take a moment now to announce something really special and very dear to our hearts. From the very beginning of the journey of writing this book, we knew we wanted it to be available and accessible where men needed it the most. We wanted it to be available in prisons all over Aotearoa, being given out in court-mandated programs and just available for, who, for people who wanted it. We decided that we would personally raise $100,000 for stage one of our book project. This would buy us over 9,000 copies of our book at wholesale rate, enough for every single tāne in prison in Aotearoa wanting a copy to have one. We... <laughs> We are really proud to announce tonight that we have been successful in raising the $100,000 to launch stage one of our book project. First here in Aotearoa, stage two and three is global. Um, we are very thankful to have support from the Ministry of Social Development, the Canterbury Integrated Safety Response Team from the New Zealand Police, Te Tahi o Te Ora Trust, Zero and the Duval Foundation, because of their generosity and, our, and believing in our vision, this has been actualised. We are humbled and grateful and really, really excited to see what happens next. We're also very excited to partner with the Ministry of Social Development in creating a book club programme with our very dear friend and therapist, Phil Siatanga. This will also be available in prisons everywhere. This has been uh, probably the most exciting thing uh, that we wanted to create from this book, so we are really proud to announce it tonight that it's been successful. It means the world to me being able to do this project as a kid whose own father was in and out of prison throughout my childhood. I always wished someone helped him so that he would come out better for us but there was no help for him, and nothing changed. I want to be part of a solution for other little mats who are waiting for their dads to return home, different. I want to first acknowledge my siblings, George, Angus, Sharon, Bolo, Whamanu, Josh, 
Pausa and Aline in Australia, Tome in Samoa. Those who know my story in ways no one else ever will. No matter the distance, I love each of you, even when we want to strangle each other. <laughs> to all our extended Ainga and Fano, I can't list you all, but it goes without saying their blood knows blood and spirit knows spirit. I would, however, like to give my deepest thanks and honour to my dear uncle, the beautiful Pastor Taimale Langi Sani, Papali'i Taimale Langi, who so graciously walked alongside our Ainga in the passing of our mum. I love you, Uncle, Auntie, Aggie, Knox, Amanda, Tava, and Money, who's back at home. To Mark Tafa. You've impacted my life and work in ways no one else has. Thank you for gifting me with your vulnerability and story. I treasure this with you, my also. Forever your also, forever my G. As long as we're breathing, let's keep healing. To our biggest support in whānau, my Dokopini Likio and Sissi Ngārama Crown, along with Nova and Tamayo and our present assistant again, we couldn't and wouldn't ever want to do our life without you. Always got you. We love you. We like you. We like you. To my fathers, Paul Jameson, thank you for first investing into my barbering career all those years ago, sitting on Queen Street in a fancy-ass shop looking like I do. Um, accepting me into your ainga and for loving me as your son. I'm in Crown. Thank you for choosing my wife and for seeing her how no one else ever had. To my dad at home, despite it all, I love you and I forgive you. To my best friend, best friend. To my wife, there are no words in poetry or literature that will ever express my gratitude for your love and friendship. But let me say this. The way you truly see me and walk alongside me is grace defined. Your gentle accompaniment in this healing song inspired lyrics of freedom I only visited in sleep. Till time engraves my final face, may your love forever engrave this heart where our children's children will echo your touch to the world as you touch mine. Thank you for writing my story with such love, compassion, and empathy. To my three verses of the specie, to the song, Oceana, Angelo, and Frida, thank you for turning a sad song into a happy one. You were always my biggest inspiration, my biggest invitation to do the work and heal. Always show up for each other and forever love the bridge to the song that brings us together, your beloved mother. I hope you'll always be proud to call me dad.
I have a few personal acknowledgements of my own tonight, and I want to take it right back to the little Sarah who dreamt of one day being a writer. I would write these journals and diaries and poetry about ducks and hide them away. The earliest one I have kept was from, was from when I was seven years old. I never thought that they would ever amount to anything, but it wasn't until I was in fourth form at Freiburg High School in Palmerston North when I had an English teacher named Mrs. Marie Gordon. This teacher encouraged me like no one else ever had. She read my poem about identity and told me it was so good and that she was going to make other classes read it to study me as a contemporary poet. <laughs> I don't even think it was that good. <laughs> but she made me believe her. She filled my mind with the possibility that I could be an actual writer. I remember numerous conversations of encouragement and affirmation that I tucked away for many years. I reached out to Mrs. Gordon some time, months ago to thank her for the confidence in my writing that she gifted me. She was the very first person in my life that had done so. And she's still an educator and now the principal at Hamilton Girls High School. I had no idea if she could, would even recall the girl that she also lent one of her dresses to for, for, for my fifth form formal. But she did, and she's here tonight. So Mrs. Gordon, would you like to stand up? <laughs> Put the house lights on. Can I have some lights over here? Thank you. <laughs> um, Fine, Marie, Mrs. Gordon, I want to acknowledge you for being the kind of teacher that impacts. Na mahi nui fire, I hope you enjoy our puka puka that I've signed for you as a gift. And I just want to encourage you and your uh, education of other young wahine. Your voice made a difference to me, and I have no doubt it makes a difference to others. Kia ora. Um, I want to acknowledge my dear friend Tessa, my longest writer friend, who I met 15 years ago, and is someone that I've shared all the many lows of this writing journey with, and the hard-fought highs. I love you. Namahi for your constant encouragement and your endless, infectious, positive energy that we will eventually one day find an agent. <laughs> um, to my girls who show up for everything and support this kaupapa in so many ways, I thank you for being the behind-the-scenes crew and our OG day ones. To our girl Trina, who's loved Matt like nobody else, I swear she's been his bodyguard many a moment. <laughs> to Gigi, my Fangai Persian sister. My very best friend Rochelle, my longest friend who I also met at Freiburg High School along with my other friend Charlotte, who's here tonight. So Freiburg brought out some good things, man. Um, I just want to thank you for supporting in and believing in our kaupapa, um, tirelessly uh, giving of yourself behind the scenes, especially when it comes to responding back to Matt's many emails and speaking requests. I'm so grateful to have you in our life because I just would hate to do that job. Um, and my baby sister, Naroma. Um, what can I say? Well, yesterday I got shingles, so uh, I didn't even want to really know what to do, but... <laughs> My sister, of course, pulled through and basically we had an emergency meeting last night on FaceTime 
And she basically said, you're banned from coming to the venue. We've got it. We've got it sorted. The whole team's got you, and I will pull it all together. So she strapped on her baby, and away she went. So please give it up for my baby sister. Um, I really appreciate you, Na. Not only are you my sister, but you're one of my very best friends and my business partner. And I absolutely love doing my life with you um, and every way that you support us. I love you. Um, I want to give a special acknowledgement to our girl Tori as well, who supported in making this night tonight possible. Tori Wiki Creative Fano. Um, you pulled off the vision, and honestly, when I walked in and she said, oh, is there anything you want to change? And this is me before every event I've ever done. I walk through and go, change this, change this, do change this. You know what, girl? I didn't have to change anything because you are the bomb. <laughs> um, I want to acknowledge all the sponsors that we've mentioned, but a special acknowledgement to our brother Anton and the Fush Fano for um, providing that good kai who doesn't like fried chicken. <laughs> I acknowledge uh, our MCs, our musicians, our models, everybody who's uh, made this night what it is. Namahinui, Fafitai Tilelava. And finally, more than books to sell or a kaupapa to impact the world, she is not your rehab, is a very real, hard, and traumatic story that cost you your entire childhood. This tonga that you have so graciously gifted Tane, all in the name of generational healing has very real and present implications for you and your ainga. And that cost is not lost on me. I've seen behind the scenes of your own healing journey for many years now. The reality of long nights, sadness, loneliness, betrayal, agony, grief and heartbreak. None of the trauma that you have endured is lost on me. And most importantly, you will never be lost in whatever this becomes because I got you, like I vowed I got you back on our wedding day. When I said, I vowed to have your back, to be in your corner as your biggest cheerleader, your trusted confidant and your greatest advocate. I vowed to support your dreams, challenge your thinking and to nurture your soul now and forever, always committed to and invested in your growth. Pretty sure I've kept my end of the deal. <laughs> Bit confident there. <laughs> but what I said then, I say again today, and I mean every word. You've stayed true to the kaupapa that you felt called back when it was just you and one budget barber chair. It wasn't even a barber chair. And a tin chair, I don't know. <laughs> Over the years, you've done your best to never turn a single man away. Whether it's been through the barber shop, your men's free group therapy sessions, countless wānanga or hui that you've facilitated, your prison programs or writing back to the hundreds, if not thousands of men online through COVID. You have been faithful with every single thing given to you. No one will ever see the cost like I do and I honour you tonight for that. You've had members of your own family and community sometimes misunderstand you and your intentions, but still you have not faltered once. Never once have you ever wanted to give up on this kaupapa or in the men that you love. In fact, you've been more resolute. You've always said, I'm planting seeds that I may never eat the fruit of. You've repeatedly told me this. Now this book will go further than you physically can. 
to the hearts and the homes of many who still live in the effects and the reality and cycles of their childhood abuse. May this tonga be received how it was gifted. Mum will be so proud. Her memory will be a revolution. Ka noe taku aroha Thanks. Um, yeah, thank you everyone for coming. Um, Honour to do this life with you. Um, living my dream. Um, I could only ever wish for this. And I remember many nights with my little brother Paul when we would wake up at three o'clock in the morning to hearing mum scream. And we would just go back to sleep. And I think my childhood because of that fear, I choose not to transmit onto our tamariki. Um, knowing that fear very real, this ain't fabricated, this ain't made up, this is our life experience. And we don't wish this shit on anyone. Um, so thank you for all of you guys who have um, believed in the kaupapa from a little garden since here to where we are today. Sorry guys, um, the kaupapa's taking me out of the shop, so all my day ones that understand my day ones understand when i'm busy and i'm not available um thank you for being patient thank you for supporting always um yeah so everyone that's just believing this whether i've met you or not met you we love you all um i love you my love and um yeah we dedicate this final item this is the anthem of my life um me and faith have been a rocky a rocky, um, have had a rocky relationship, but um, the song is um, is the anthem to my life, and so I thank you. Thank you, Fano. Thanks, Fano. So I'll wipe my boy Marley up. Do your thing, all sorts. Fun. And 
I didn't think that I could take it this alone. And there were days I wanted to quit. And I said, surely this is it. But I held on. And I've watched the so-called friends turn and walk away. And it hurt so much, I didn't have a word to say. And even when my days turn to night and nothing seems just right, Lord, I thank you for, thank you, Jesus, for my life and for my life. Lord, I thank you for every So I thank you for, thank you, Jesus, for my life. And I've watched you take my family from there to here. And when times got a little rough, God, I know you were near. And there were times I thought that I would fail. But I was reminded of your nails, so I held on. And if I never live to see another day, there's nothing that I would take or take away. And every time I thought that I would fail, well, I was reminded of your nails, so I held on. And for my life, Lord, I thank you for every victory in you I have seen. And all the moments I know, Lord, So I thank you for, thank you, Jesus, for my life. It's not a second nor another minute, not an hour of another day. But Lord, at this moment, with my arms outstretched, I need you to make a way have done so many times before through a window or an open door I stretch my hands to thee come rescue me I need you right away I need you now I need you now I need
and it may not be all that I hope for and every dream has not yet been realized but to see your face one day God I know it's gonna be worth it yeah. so I thank you for thank you Jesus for my life Lord I thank you for Thank you, Jesus, for my life.